Welcome to episode three of the How Do You Know Andy Brussman podcast. I've got my guest today, John McAvoy, is a senior managing director at Charlestown Holdings. And I guess you're the president of Charlestown Investment Management now. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but really glad to have John on the show. Uh, he was previously the chief executive and chairman of the board of directors. At, I'm sorry, Bennett, he is chairman of the board of directors at Charlestown uh, now at Charleston Capital. He's got 35 years of experience in the financial industry. Uh, prior to joining Charleston Capital, he was a partner at Blueprint Advisors and also as the president of Asset Management Finance and and an affiliate of Credit Suisse. I don't even know if I can say all of those things right, John. Uh, at one point, you were at Lehman Brothers. I'm going to ask you, are you the guy that invented the Lehman formula? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, he's a graduate of Wake Forest, uh, got his MBA at the Fuqua School at Duke. John, I really appreciate you doing this with me today, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure. So, you know, here's, here's the question I ask at the beginning of this uh, for some folks. So how in the hell do you know Andy Brussman? Let's start with that. <laughs> First of all, doesn't everybody know Andy? I, I, I know everybody know. knows Andy. I think everybody in our firm certainly does. So how did you get to know Andy? I got introduced by a friend who is at Sherman Capital um, here in Charleston who sent me a note, said um, there's an investment bank that got started up locally about a year ago. You two should know each other. And I, I literally said to him on the phone, bullshit, there's no investment bank here in Charleston. And if it is, it's a bunch of wahoos because, um, you know, arrogant as hell, I figured if there's stuff going on in the financial market, I knew about it. Um, and I remember saying also, even if there is, I worked in investment banks for 30 years but I was able to avoid ever being an investment banker. So if, even if there is a, a quality investment bank getting started here, I don't want to be part of it. So uh, I met with Andy and um, I learned a couple things. One is that um, they weren't a bunch of Wahoos. It wasn't the C team. It was actually really interesting in that people, I believe, um, are not only talented experienced, but interesting to me have done stuff other than investment banking. Right, you know, Bill Stapleman's run companies, Harvey Schiller's done all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so I was impressed by the people and the fact that they weren't um, investment bankers, which to me is not a complimentary term. It's people who, um, you know, um, if you're an investment banker, it's because you don't have the wherewithal to actually run something and start it yourself. Um, and then Andy and I got pretty focused early on on um, if we're creating high quality deal flow, we probably ought to have an investment business that um, invests in it. And that led us to um, my background, which is the last 15 or so years has been running a hedge fund or running a big trading desk or, or most of that time running a private equity business, really giving a lot of thought into asset management and alternative asset management and how to start it up and got pretty excited about it. So, um, one lunch with Andy led to three, four meetings, and there you go. Andy's quite the recruiter, actually. I have to give him credit for that. Um, so let's let's go back. Tell me about where you grew up. How'd you end up going to Wake Forest? Uh, <laughs> let's let's get the early years in there. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, 
I uh, grew up in outside of Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, my mom's originally from High Point, North Carolina, and I t told literally. My mother's from Greensboro. So oh, is that right? You're you're a sucker for Southern accents, I'll bet. Uh, but anyway, that's another story. I'm a Southern for 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 Southern accents. There's no doubt, and I, without knowing it, have Southern sayings that I say in a Connecticut accent, so it confuses oh, the hell out of people. But yeah. but there you go. I told anybody who listened to me when I was a senior in high school, I was going south to college, and I was never coming back. Um, I don't have any emotional attachment to Connecticut, even though I grew up there. And I went to Wake Forest and um, went straight through to um, business school at Duke. I didn't and know you could do that. You know, usually we, they, we, they made us take a couple of years and work before that when I went well, to Darden. Yeah, that's unusual. I was, um, there was, there was maybe 10% or 8% of the class who did that back then. And I was literally the youngest person in, my, in the class. Mm -hmm. um, and all the, you know, business school, I was 20 two when I started, um, most of the, you know, were 28, 29, 30 had done stuff and um, had gone to really impressive places like Dartmouth and, you know, schools like that. And all the really smart ones were doing this thing called investment banking. I literally had no idea what it was, but again, arrogant as hell. They can do it. Well, damn it. So can I. Mm -hmm. So I said I would go to New York and try this thing called investment banking for two years. And then I'd move back South and, and live happily ever after. And um, Funny story. I had accept. I had been given a, a job offer at Shearson, and my first choice was Lehman Brothers because um, Lehman Brothers was attracted to me because it was a trading firm, and they literally put um, um, uh, paper over the windows because you supposed to be trading stocks you weren't supposed to be looking out the window <laughs> and I thought oh, that is a hardcore place I want to be part of that place and I read the Wall Street Journal and it said Lehman Brothers and Shearson American Express are merging I'm like perfect I just got my first choice so I called up and said I accept um, the Shearson job little did I know there are people with you know 10 15 20 years experience who were trying to keep their jobs. The last thing they needed was a no mine MBA kid who had uh, you know, no idea what he was doing. So I learned the hard lesson of uh, joining a, a, a merger of firms that do the same thing without any experience is really painful. Well, uh, so uh, you, you've got a family, you got a wife and three kids. Uh, where'd you meet? How did, uh, tell us a little bit about the family. <laughs> Depends on how long a story you want on that. My wife and I uh, met at Fuqua. I can stop the story there. I can go deeper. And yeah, we have three children. They're all- We're trying um, to keep this under 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, you tell me. All right, we'll, we'll pass on that story. Um, and I have three children. My uh, youngest is in New York, although she's home coronavirusing with us. Mm -hmm. And the two oldest are in San Francisco and they're both out there. Nice, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, you went to Duke, you mm -hmm. also went to Wake, mm -hmm. uh, Craig Hill Redwine's a big UNC fan, mm -hmm. you know, is there any basketball rivalry there? Did you acquire any, any, uh, any of that being in the ACC or is, so uh, when I was deciding where to go to college, I'd been accepted at Vanderbilt and got into Wake Forest later. And I'm, I, you know, things you wish you'd saved in, in life. I literally wrote out a pros cons list and the pro for Vanderbilt was SEC football and the pro for Wake Forest was ACC basketball mm -hmm. and Wake Forest had a second pro, which was tuition was less than Vanderbilt. That was literally the whole list. Yeah. There was nothing else on the list. Um, 
um, am a college and high school basketball freak. And um, you played, you play basketball in high school? Badly, yeah, you know, yeah, badly. But um, um, and my wife, who is the Dukey, um, we, uh, I'm a Wake Forest fan, even though I went to business school there, and um, we argue. We used to argue about it a lot. The last ten years, I keep my mouth shut. Well, it's, uh, you know, ACC basketball and SEC football, you know, they're in a class by themselves. Uh, well, different deal. I, I, moved I don't really care about the pro sports that much. I follow the, the you know, uh, closer. Well, it's almost a pro sport in both of those leagues. I, I, I remember uh, we moved to Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, – I went to my first Alabama football game, and uh, that was an experience. I thought I had been to a big football game before that. But uh, yeah. anyway, they, they, they take their football seriously down there, and they take basketball pretty seriously in the uh, triangle down where you were. And uh, it's all great stuff. Totally. So you like, you, you like to play golf, too. Not <laughs> tennis, right? Well, it's funny you asked about tennis. I um taught tennis for seven years all through um, high school college and, and part of business school and oh. I don't ever play anymore I mean I probably haven't played a set where I kept score in 15 or 20 years um, but play a lot of golf now did now did you play tennis growing up too yeah I, I played tennis in high school and was thinking of playing in college the fork in the road was I could stay in New England and and play tennis or go to the ACC or the SEC where I wasn't good enough to play tennis. And uh, as you heard, I wanted to go south and, and go watch college sports. So I gave up tennis uh, and after high school. You know, I, I played some tennis and played golf growing up, and there was a time in my life where I'd go play tennis in the morning and go play golf in the afternoon. And then I, I finally woke That's up a good one day. day. Well, yeah, yeah, but I kind of woke <laughs> up one day and said, you know, I really, you know, I'm – I'm not getting any good at this tennis thing. And I realized it was because I didn't like it as much as I liked golf. So I became uh, a much better golfer than, uh, than I ever will be as a tennis player. But, uh, you know, we don't get to play as much. And, and I've, I've got three sons who um, it's almost embarrassing now how much further they can hit the ball. But fortunately, sometimes it goes deeper into the woods than uh, – <laughs> And I can manage to keep it in the fairway. I have a one that's uh, my oldest is 31. And then I've got one that's, uh, let's see, how old will he be? He'll be, uh, he's 20. Jeez, he's 28, going to be 29 in November. And then our youngest just turned 24. So you got to sit there. Got to sit there and do the math. I'm 30, 28, I think, and 24. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice having three boys. You know, I kind of have my foursome, you know, for golf when we want to go do it. So it's yeah. nice, but they're kind of spread out all over the place. The one I, I actually see the ones that live out of town more often than I see the married one that lives here in Richmond. So you yeah. know, that's how it is. But you know, that's things true. are going well when that when you know when you don't see them that much. So yeah. and anyway, so um, one final question in the Andy Brussman podcast mm-hmm. um red sox or yankees okay red sox red sox okay red sox. i grew up hating i grew up in hartford connecticut it's a good question 
Because Hartford is like on the Mason-Dixon line. North of, of Hartford are all Red Sox fans. If you're from New England, you hate the Yankees. And Southern Connecticut are Yankees fans. So I was like right on the cusp. Grew up hating the Yankees. I mean, and I've, I've changed a little bit, and you'll hear why. The Yankees always – they spent all – they had the best team. They spent all the money. Every How could you be a Yankees fan? Every year they'd go out and acquire free agents. They'd have a new team. And of course, they'd be good because they spent them. You know, that was like bullshit to me. I hated that. hated the Yankees. Now, the Red Sox have basically replicated that model, so I'm a little yeah. passionate about it. I've actually become a Braves fan more than a Red Sox fan. But um, – in, in my neck of the woods, it's Redskins, Cowboys, you know, and uh, so, uh, but uh, anyway, well, look. And uh, when you, you grew up in the 60s, I mean, the Red Sox are good one year, 67. The Yankees were the team that always won. What was the point in rooting for the team that always won? So. Yeah, that's a good, you know, you love to hate them, right? Yeah, exactly right. So I still hate the Yankees. I, you know, I, I have to, in in full apology to, to Andy, I, I just – I can't get into baseball, you know, the way, the way he has now years ago when the Braves had Bobby Cox and, and mm -hmm. uh, they had a, they had a good 10 year run there. I got to tell you, I was pretty deep into it, but now that the Richmond Braves have, have been run out of town and uh, you know, it's just, uh, I just haven't got the, the buzz for it. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. We even have a football season this fall, so we'll see what happens. So. I'm not optimistic, frankly. Yeah. Well, well, listen. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you the last word, John. Uh, just thank you so much for being on today. And if there's anything you want to share with everybody out there in Charlestown Holdings, uh, I'll let you have the last word. Oh boy, I can talk about anything. Can I talk about Andy and how he dresses? Is that uh... a absolutely <laughs> sarcasm and insults are welcomed on this. <laughs> I will say this. That is one of the things I really like about our firm um, between Andy and Jack, who, uh, you know, I don't know that I've ever seen Jack McDonald in like proper shorts with pockets, right? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're gym shorts. Or Andy, have you ever seen Andy in anything other than sweatpants or jeans? I never have. I think that's all he owns. And they're mom jeans to, to go with it, right? They're not even like, you know. Uh, he, was, he was khakis and eyes-eyed shirts before he moved to Charleston. Well, that, <laughs> you know? That's all changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's khakis. Uh. No, I don't have a lot to share other than um, – I think, you know, I think we all are spending a lot of time on this because we think it's fun and it's cool and is, um, is maybe mean-spirited as it sounds, this whole recession we're heading into and, you know, all the pain and suffering from the coronavirus, um, a lot of it's going to be a huge transfer of wealth. And if we're, if we're smart and agile and thoughtful about it, um, we can create a, 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 a lot of money for our, for our customers and ourselves. And that to me is really exciting. I don't, you know, maybe, maybe that's small minded. I had to have bigger goals than that, but I really get excited about the ability to do that. I am, I am coin operated as much as the rest of us. So I'm, I hope you're absolutely right. John McAvoy, thank you for participating in the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And thanks once again for coming on the show. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my first ever podcast. There you go. Well, now, now you're a veteran. <laughs>